Hi, and welcome to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Boscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Rachel Hare is a world-renowned harpist, composer, and tutor, and you'd be hard-pressed to find someone more enthusiastic about sharing traditional music from Scotland and the Isle of Man with the world. A fantastic performer and teacher, Rachel is constantly exploring the tradition and adding her own unique style. Whether through her collaborations with Ron Joppy on guitar or the Rachel Hare Trio, or her solo performances, you'll find a joy in all that Rachel does. Here's Rachel's bio taken from the Somerset website. Coming from a small village in the Scottish Highlands and now settled in cosmopolitan Glasgow, This reflects the trajectory of Rachel Hare's musical development. Steeped in traditional music, yet highly contemporary when she wants to be, she started playing harp at the age of 10 and grew up in Scotland's Fesh Movement, a network of Gaelic-based traditional music schools across the highlands and islands with musical mentors like Alison Kennard, Karina Hewitt, Bill Taylor, and Wendy Stewart. Rachel now tours for greater part of the year and spends quite a bit of time teaching harp on the Isle of Man and is involved in the Manx folk revival there. She's been lucky enough to teach and perform in many countries throughout the world and was nominated Best Tutor at the 2016 Scottish Traditional Awards. So, Rachel, I am so happy to be talking to you. I haven't seen you in a couple years, so... um, you. You're like my coffee friend from Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, like manager of like the stage and all the gigs and stuff. You like coffee, so oh you're yeah, like- get the French press and everything. So I was like all set. So yeah. we'll have to like get together at some point when all this is done and Dead. so cup of coffee, yeah, or all- or some gin or something too. Yes, something <laughs> well, to toast with. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. But um, yeah, so. So these interviews that I'm doing and like so the first like 10 interviews I'm doing are people that are involved with the Somerset Folk Harp Festival. So we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the festival. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like where I'm that's the focus of these interviews right now. So um, what I I mean, I know you don't have a huge history with the festival, but I definitely want to ask you um, about your history with the festival and your impressions of it like the community feel or things like that so well i i can't actually remember what date it what year it was that i first came but i've been to two somersets and um the first one i remember just being really excited because there was all these people that i knew of in the us who played harp that i'd kind of met on the online community you know back in the myspace days and then over things moved over to facebook and things and i got to meet them all in real life like I knew about Kathy D'Angelo and even people like like Gronya Hambly, who I'd never actually met before in real life, and all these amazing heart players, and just getting to kind of meet them in person and just chill out with them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like have them in my workshops, um, 
you know, have a drink and playing sessions and being able to enjoy their music as well, which is, it was epic. It was just so good to kind of hear what these people actually do, you know, live. It's, it's so important to hear people playing music live, I think. You know, you get the feel for what they want to convey to you with what they're going to choose. So, yeah, it was it was amazing. And then I came a few years ago again when it, it moved to the Sheraton. Mm-hmm. And that was just like a big reunion. Oh, and yeah. That was lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Sheraton's <laughs> beautiful, like, too. A few days early and I saw Kathy and Dennis and Kim and Emma. And I was like, yeah, it's so good to kind of see you all again and just... Be, it was made to feel so welcome again everyone was like oh it's great to have you back so it's the hard world's a fantastic friendly place so yeah and somerset is yeah what certainly one of the most friendly festivals i've been to oh that's so great yeah it is a, it is a really great community of people and it's like a small world too which is so nice just to like you know totally totally yeah so yeah in fact i think i'm just trying to think back to that i think it was would have been 2014 now i'm kind of clicking my mind where it would have been 2014 and it would have been at the hilton and oh yeah and i remember meeting people um yeah having great tunes in the evenings as well that was really nice and it must be you know i'm involved in the edinburgh heart festival and it's a great way of bringing heart people together at these festivals but scotland is really quite small and somerset must be really pretty special for you guys over in the u.s given that your country is so huge for it to be able to bring people together it is and then having people from from new zealand or south africa and it's incredible. Like it, it really, really is. So um, I know Kathy was showing me some date, and I was that the last time that that Rachel was at the festival. Um, the date. She was like showing it to me. Oh, there we go. Twenty fourteen, July thirty first. <laughs> I remember, in fact, yes, because it was the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, and I remember leaving, like, having five amazing days in Glasgow and leaving on a high and then just being welcomed into the festival and going, oh, this is great. It was just a great month, July. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, you know what? I do want to definitely talk to you about the um, the Edinburgh uh, Harp Festival um, and what you did with the virtual Harp Festival this year was incredible like i can't imagine how much work you put into that yeah well that was like now we were the very first event to get cancelled in scotland due to the COVID 19 and when we got cancelled the day before we met we had a scheduled meeting for our, our usual it was our last kind of on the ground meeting before the actual festival four weeks before and there was there had been talk then about this kind of um this pandemic that was happening abroad and things. And the meeting was really partially called to like, you know, what if we do have to cancel? And everybody was like, "Mm, that's not gonna happen. No way we're gonna cancel. And then little did we know 24 hours later, um, the kind of, yeah, the carpet got, the rug got pulled from under our feet and our venue canceled on us. So we couldn't go on. And we were very, very sad. And um, on the, the next morning, I was traveling over to the Isle of Man and I had a long journey um, via London for various reasons. And I had a lot of thinking time. And I was like, look, we've got, there's facilities these days to do stuff online. Let's just try. And even if we do a little bit, few concerts, you know, not even concerts, just a few sets by some of our artists, maybe one or two workshops. And we opened the floor um, to to see who wanted to be involved from our lineup. And so many people did. And it meant that we really could move the kind of virtually all of it 
online and we were so grateful to our artists for you know kind of giving off their time and taking the time to uh, film the videos and it was myself who did all the editing and um, kind of coordinating it all and well I had the time because <laughs> by, the, by the time that the festival actually came around we were in total lockdown we hadn't expected that when we first decided to go virtual um, but I had the time so we were able to make it work and yeah it was a learning curve but the technology completely worked so yeah it was, it was good and we were just so pleased so many people joined in from all over the world actually and it was great to see how far our reach was lots of folk the us was our kind of second most popular place for people to tune into so it was exciting oh that's great well you were a natural with all your the videos and everything and i'll put a link to the festival because i think you're it's all up and available we're still going to keep it online until our lockdown is is over and there's no dates of that yet ending <laughs> so yeah. it, certainly i reckon for at least another five six weeks we'll have it online we're going to kind of um we had six concerts and every week we're going to po repost the the share of the concert on our facebook page to remind folk that they're there so yeah certainly for the next five weeks it'll definitely be online was this the 40th year of the festival this is the 39th okay. so next year was always going to be a special year for us 40 and our 40 years of the festival coincided with 90 years of the Clarsic Society now uh -uh. the Clarsic Society is the organization that puts on the festival and it's kind of the the organization in Scotland that promotes the playing of the harp and um 40 years and 90 years is, is a nice kind of you know that's that's a nice dual celebration to have oh yeah the kind of threat that we didn't wouldn't be able to have a 39 kind of maybe made us also kind of very keen to go virtual so that next year it was the 40th so yeah that's a relief yeah <laughs> so oh. it will be 40 years yeah yeah hopefully everything will be back to normal or whatever yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking positive. Thinking yes positive. Uh, and now you started your harp at home program yeah. so you just really set this week i think right just yeah. to... so that was kind of when when all this kind of um when we all got locked down as we kind of have been calling it here in scotland um a lot of people were starting to do a lot of online um kind of lessons and and concerts and i didn't really want to kind of jump straight in um i'm quite i quite like to be organized and i'm quite a perfectionist it would be said to, to various kind of technology things and i knew i had the heart festival so i knew i didn't have time to do it well at the start so i decided to sit back a little bit and it turned out that i learned a lot about video editing and things <laughs> doing the, the edinburgh heart festival so i've kind of put that to use so, um, and I launched the kind of series on Monday. So that's going to be a series of eight workshops for now, um, depending on how things go. I don't really like to kind of set in stone that I'm going to do something every week just in case something happens. Oh, sure. A series of eight workshops um, that will go live. The videos are pre-records, but they'll be put online at 7 p.m. UK times, which is 2 p.m. EST, I think, if I'm doing my maths right. Um, yeah, every Monday night. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm just I'm just teaching my favorite tunes to be honest. A lot of them are tunes I've taught at festivals before. Um, but I know there's you know, not everyone can come to my workshops and you know, if you've learned them before you might fancy re relearning them and things. Yeah. Yeah, it was great to have the video too that you can just go back to, you can pause, you can Exactly. So. Yeah. So 
It's yeah. all about the being able to pause and rewind. You don't have to watch these workshops once and just take it all in. Right. You know, you're able to pause. You can't pause your tutor in a real workshop. So that's almost an advantage, actually, of these virtual and um, online workshops that everyone's doing is you can pause and you can come back to it. Yeah. And, and, and the nice thing I know with Somerset, there's so many different workshops that now I can actually go to the all the workshops I wanted to go to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Honestly, like I managed to go to all the Edinburgh Heart Festival workshops this year. Oh first time I've ever done that. First time I've ever been able to do that. It's exactly. always that issue with festivals that there's always something on. You know, your two favorite things are oh, sod's law. They'll be on at the same time. But when you move things online and you can be watch, you know, it's yeah, good. exactly. I actually wanted to talk to you. I I did pick up your Sparks album, which I really am enjoying so much. It's just so. It's just like so fun and i know and then it was nice to see that you were teaching um the looking at a rainbow through a dirty window um that's on your album and then you were teaching that at the um the Edinburgh festival too which was so nice and it's such a it's a pretty tune like you know once i started playing it i'm like oh it's so nice yeah that one's got quite a lot of kind of significance here right now as well um we have um, our NHS is kind of, you know, we're really championing our NHS and our key workers for kind of putting in um, all these hours that they're doing with this pandemic that's going on. And one of the things that people are doing is that they're putting rainbows in their windows. Oh, that's so neat. When I look outside my window just now, if I look at everybody else's windows, at the tenement flats, the apartments around me, there's rainbows in everybody's windows. So the tune, looking at a rainbow through a dirty window, mm. it, it makes sense you know, to be playing it just now. And it's it's actually a tune about hope, which is doubly important now. It's, the rainbow kind of represents all the not so great things that are happening in the world. And you look through the window and you see the rainbow. So it's a really lovely sentiment. So it just felt right to teach that there. And um, the workshop's still up with the sheet music. So I encourage everyone to, you know, go along and kind of look it up and learn it. It's a popular one for harp players now. Yeah, you're saying they play it in sessions too sometimes or the harp sessions? at the heart festival and i kind of started teaching it around 13 years ago and it's kind of been picked up by lots of park players around the world mm. and there's loads of youtube videos now if you search for it so oh. yeah it just fits the heart really really well i love kind of like discovering tunes and making them popular so looking at a rainbow was written by my friend callum stewart so that one's turned popular there's another one that i know that i teach a lot called alden river which is written by a guy called paul kringle from the isle of man that's mm. really popular now too so my goal for the next like eight weeks when i'm on lockdown or whatever is to write a tune that everybody that will go viral like oh these nice do it do it satisfying <laughs> tune for the heart players oh that's yeah, so neat teach it in all the physical workshops next year and it'll be good yeah no and so for people that aren't familiar with um with manx music like could you like you know yeah so so manx music so manx music is music from the isle of man so um the isle of man is the smallest of the celtic nations so you've got your celtic nations you've got scotland ireland wales Brittany, cornwall and the isle of man are the kind of six main ones Sometimes Asterius and Galatia, depending on what flag and what festival you're at. Um, but they're the six main ones. And the Isle of Man is the smallest of all the nations. Um, and I guess, well, my, my love affair, as it would be said, uh, started with the Isle of Man with a man from the Isle of Man, <laughs> who I'm pleased to now say is, is now my fiancé. Oh, so right. My ring. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. So um, I started going over to see him, and word got around that I was a harp teacher, and... 
a couple of years later, he moved to Scotland. And two weeks after he moved to Scotland, I got asked to be the harp teacher for the Isle of Man. <laughs> so, so once a month, I journey over and I teach um, harp. I teach lever harp. Um, and actually, Gronya Hamley used to be the teacher there. Oh, wow. The teacher me was Gronya Hamley. So ah. it's lovely because some of her students in... Are now they're a lot older now and they're my pals, which is really nice actually. So there was a few years that teaching stopped and then they eventually asked me to come. And so the music, I guess, is kind of best described as um it's the same best described as where where the island is geographically. So the islands between Scotland, Ireland and and England and Wales, and the music is kind of between there. It's okay. kind of half Scottish, half Irish. Um you'll be playing in sessions and you'll think, oh, I know this one, that's that Scottish tune, blah, blah, blah. And then it'll go off on one hmm. because it's developed in its own way. You know, it's a real living tradition there. A lot of the music is still very closely related to the dance tradition there. So a lot of a lot of my friends and my fiancé, actually, the reason he plays Manx music is because he was a Manx dancer and he got to be a kind of stroppy teenager that didn't want to dance anymore. So he was handed the fiddle and he's like, well, you better play that for the dance group instead. <laughs> a lot of the, it's still very closely related. In fact, a lot of my heart players play for a dance group in the north of the island called Nafeni. Um, and the harp weirdly has not had, there's not been any harps ever found in the Island Man historically. Hmm. It wasn't really ever part of the, the tradition there, but it's kind of been brought in. And it's really had a revival in the kind of past 10 years. So, yeah, I, I teach Max music on the harp. And, my, yeah, I love my kids over there. Missing them dearly just now because I'm not getting to see them. But get to see them on Zoom lessons as life is online. Oh, so right. they're keeping me up to date with all things going on in the island every few days. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so neat that you that you and Grania, like, were teaching there too. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so cool. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, because folk had said to me, I think the person was called Gronje, because they were all really young when they had her. You don't really know your teacher's second name. Sure, yeah. They're just Gronje or Rachel. They all think I live on the Isle of Man half the kids as well. It's quite funny when they suddenly realise they couldn't see me for lessons. Oh. <laughs> Just go for lessons and that is what it is. So, but yeah, it's lovely. And the harp playing is really flourishing over there. So it's, it's really exciting. Do you have an ensemble over there or do you, you teach groups? So or? I have an ensemble called Klasach and Klasach is a Manx word for, for harp. So the Manx language is the same Celtic family as Irish and Scottish Gaelic. So Manx Gaelic. So um, the Gaelic word for harp is Clarsach and the Manx word for for harp is Clasach. So a lot of words for are very, very similar, like Kjol um, music in Irish and, and Scottish Gaelic is Kjol and Manx Ga in Gaelic. So, um, but yeah, my ensemble Clasach, we play together every often. We were supposed to have a concert a few weeks ago, so we're going to reschedule that for the fall, I think. Um, and yeah, there's about, I think, there's usually around 20 of them if we can get everyone to kind of, you know, show up for the concerts and stuff. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It's quite real to hear so many hearts together. And they, they sing great, actually. I'm very proud of them. So, yeah, I know, like, things are are, are tough for, like, just all artists right now. So yeah. um, I'm glad you're, you know, trying all kinds of new, interesting things just to kind of, yeah. you know, keep going and teaching and, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And kind of using the time to kind of do those things for ideas that I've thought of doing before. Like the, the Harp at Home workshop series was something that I'd 
that I have had at the back of my mind to do for a long time. And I'm also actually going to start with a, working with a Manx Gaelic singer from the Isle of Man, a girl called Ruth. We did um, a performance at the Edinburgh Heart Festival a few years ago, and we've, we've just not had the time to sit down and do more. Mm. And we want to do a, an album, and we'd plan to start working on that in November, December time. But we're going to bring it forward. We've got the time. We might as well. You know what I mean? My summer is going to be quite quiet. I don't have to travel places really. So I'm going to have that long time. I'm I'm hopefully going to get over to the island in the late summer. um, And we'll be able to spend a number of weeks there kind of working and stuff, which is really exciting, actually. It's not often that you get that chance. So thinking positive and kind of, yeah, taking advantage of the situation of, not having to be traveling around all the time. Right. Would it just be harp and voice or would it be other instruments too? Or He plays flute as well. So we might do flute as well, but um, I really enjoyed working with her. Um, It was just nice to kind of work with a singer for a change. I've been working with um, guitarists for quite a while now. Mm. So it's nice to kind of change things up. So I'm really excited about that actually. And Rod and I are going to start working for a new album as well. So kind of in a few weeks we'll start kind of collating new material and just we like to take our time and stuff you know going through all the old collections and stuff so this oh, is yeah. the time to, certainly definitely yeah. well you had a singer with you for your your trio so yeah yeah. Jen, yeah she was great yeah, yeah. so Jen is really busy so she is a very popular guitarist here in Scotland she's worth investigating she's been doing some great online stuff actually mm. so yeah, so it was fun working with her, but it's, I don't know, it's really nice working with someone in, an, you know, a kind of a language that is still quite rare and that's quite special. Hmm. I think so working with a Manx Gaelic, you know, kind of really kind of bringing it to the, the, the greater world. Quite excited about that. Oh, yeah. No, that's terrific. I can't wait to hear it. What did inspire you to start playing the harp? Because I know how much you love the harp. So, um so, well, I was born and brought up in the village of Ullopool, which is in the Northwest Highlands. And kind of there was just always music around. And um, I got sent to a thing called a feish. So a feish in the Scottish tradition um, is not a competition. It's like a kind of festival. It's kind of more more known as a, as a festival for learning. So um, there was feish Ross, which was the one for our, our region. Ross and Cromarty was taking place in my village. And I got sent to that as something to do because it was musical. My family were always musical, although not actually traditional music, more kind of classical and choral music. Um, and I, my best friend played the harp. So right. I wanted to be in class with her. I actually had two best friends at the time. You know, when you're little, you can't decide which friend you like. <laughs> so I had Ailey and Anna. And Ailey played the bagpipes and Anna played the harp. So I kept on swapping between these two classes, not knowing which one to take. And my mum had to keep on phoning up the organisation saying, she, oh, can you move her to this? Can you move her to that? And in the morning, I finally settled on harp. Hmm. And I think my mum and dad were very relieved about that. Because <laughs> like, having a harpist practice is quite different to having a piper practice. Yeah, that's true. A little bit kinder in the ears. <laughs> so, um, and I got on really well. And it's it's funny, I mean... That's, I wanted to do it because my friend was doing it, but I always remember. So the first day was a Monday 
and we were so it was a residential course everybody was staying in kind of like local hotels apart from because it was in my village we were non-residents so we used to kind of get forgetting about forgotten about a little bit and there was a tutors concert on the monday night and i was just dropped at the village hall and everyone was sitting in groups and the residents we were all just or the non-residents were all just stood at the back of the hall kind of kind of um watching it all and i can always remember seeing the heart teachers when they come up i mean mesmerized by their fingers mm. watch kind of that that knitting the strings if you right. know what i mean fingers running about and i remember eyes were glued glued on them and at the time it was two teachers kirsty mcgregor who's now actually a lawyer in, in edinburgh and karina hewitt who will be known to all the Somerset mm-hmm. uh, folks. She taught at Somerset, I think, was it last year she was? Was uh, she there? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. So yeah. she was one of the tutors. Um, and yeah, that was kind of what got me going. And then I got the chance. I remember my mum and dad a few weeks later calling me downstairs and I thought it'd be naughty or something. I thought I was about to get a row, but actually they were about to ask if I wanted to get lessons, mm. weekly lessons. So that's kind of what kind of started me off. But I was always really into traditional music and was always around us in the high in the Highlands. Um, you know, Kaylee's, um I was a Highland dancer, so I used to dance for the pipe band and these fashion um were great ways of hanging out with other young musicians who played traditional music. And like I eventually used to go to the residential ones when I was a senior because it was in a different town. And I just used to love that and just being constantly inspired, not only by harp players, but by other musicians and wanting to kind of be one of them. Mm. So that's kind of what kept me going, if you know what I mean. Oh, I yeah. see a traditional musician who plays a harp as opposed to a harpist who plays traditional music. You know, Chad music is what I'm about, really. Yeah. And I have to play it on the harp. So yeah, yeah. So do you find like you you interpret like say um like um like flute tunes onto the harp or or pipe tunes and then interpret them for the harp too or yeah I mean I love playing pipe tunes and things like that and I think a lot of that is to do with my kind of being brought up in the Highlands you know being around the pipe band and dancing for them and even just being in school because like pipes was the only instrument that was taught in my high school wow. It- and like our high school at the time was porta cabins. <laughs> it was kind of temporary buildings. They've got a nice shiny high school now. But and everywhere you were in the school, if there was pipe lessons going on, you could hear them. So they were always sure. just kind of going in the rhythms and yeah. you know, as marches and the strustees, the big Highland tunes. Mm. So it's just kind of been part of me really. And yeah, that's where I feel kind of most at home at is that kind of style of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, so do you think? Uh, do you find the strass bay is like the m- one of your preferred like tunes yeah, to play yeah. then oh you can get very technical now morning because i'm kind so, of a highlander oh. so i'm from northwest so the northwest highlands highlands justices are quite different to the east side justices which actually is where ron my guitarist is from he's he's a fiddle player first and foremost and he plays the big northeast justices which are quite grand mm. kind of like sweeping tunes that you know they would dance in the ball and the big ball gowns and the big stately homes but whereas I'm from the Highlands, so it's all kind of kind of upbeat, kind of dancing in your wellies in the croft kitchen and stuff like that. So yeah. So um yeah, it's kind of more the kind of pipe pipe stress phase and then things like Pur Seville, so mouth music, Gaelic mouth music stress phase. So that's the tunes that they would have sung for dancing in the Western Isles. Um I've got a lot of friends who are Gaelic speakers and Gaelic singers, so I take a lot of repertoire from them, mm. you know, kind of hearing what tunes they're singing and then moving it onto the harp. Which, which I love doing. Oh, that's neat. 
Brexit is on the east of the east of the US, but like West, I'm sorry, West is best for for in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to know what your take is on um, what it means to be a good teacher, or how you approach like you know um like where you find that positivity or you know i mean i guess i just like to make sure that some that people can take something out of the lessons i try to kind of make sure that i i teach to who's in the room do you know what i mean which is a little bit of a challenge just now because you're kind of teaching online i guess for workshops but i like to make sure that everybody will get something out of it and i'm quite i only teach tunes that i like as well do you know what I mean? I sure. think it's really important to actually be passionate about the subject and the tunes that you're teaching. And I'll, I like ones that sound good in the heart. I'm quite particular about what tunes I'll teach. Mm. I kind of do a lot of kind of research into um, ones that fit well in the harp. that um, for me as a teacher that I can actually describe what they are as well. Because so often um, harp players, when you're one-on-one -on -one learning with people, quite often folk will say that oh i learn by ear a lot of heart players really learn by sight because they're mm. looking at strings and stuff like that so when you're teaching particularly a, a big class like particularly in somerset actually you know your classes is great so many people come to these workshops so you i like to be able to kind of like describe what's happening in these tunes kind of verbalize them and stuff so it's something that i i you know i'm quite picky about my tunes there for that i can describe and I like to practice teaching. I used to teach the dog tunes in the heart. They <laughs> would just be sitting there when I'd be sitting. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, Angus, you know what you're doing. So, but yeah, um, so, and I like teaching tunes that, like, have a story behind them or some kind of meaning to mm. Scotland or, you know, connection to me, you know, whether it's tunes from the Highlands or tunes from the Isle of Man because I'm passionate about what's going on there and stuff. It's, yeah. Hmm. Kind of not just yeah, kind of some kind of meaning behind them. Yeah, I think that's it's true. Like no matter what you're teaching, if you're really excited about it or into it, then um, then the students yeah. will like really get, totally. get into it and understand it. So like, I I was um, I mean sometimes I'll do, I'll direct theater sometimes too. And I I I was directing um, Much Ado About Nothing, and the students were like. Wait, this is crazy. Why are you making us do this? And then they really got into it because I was like, come on guys, we could do it. Yeah. And they, they like, they loved it and they just were having so much fun. So I think no matter what the subject is, if you're really passionate about it, then, you know, people are like, Oh, like yeah, totally, she's having fun. Totally. I want to have fun too. I enjoy the teaching that the workshops as well. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I hope people enjoy being in them, but like, I really enjoy meeting people and I love, I mean, we are so lucky in the heart world. Like I always have these discussions in the, in the folk world. Um, like there's not lots of fiddle festivals or flute festivals mm. or accordion festivals. There's a couple, but there's nowhere near like the kind of circuit that we have around the world of Celtic heart festivals that we all go, that a lot of like teachers like myself will go to mm. and you, know, you get to meet people and folk will stay in touch with you as well. You know, and you're when you're going to festivals like Somerset and Edinburgh, you're sitting having dinner with people and breakfast with people, so you get to know people personally as well. And I think that's really important. I think it's a real strength of our festivals that they are kind of open and friendly. Um, it's not just like the performers and the teachers are those people. They must be, you know, kind of bowed down to. Don't speak to them unless you're spoken to kind of thing. Everybody's really open. And I, I love that about these festivals. We're very lucky that we have them. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's why I, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do the podcast because I feel like I'm so lucky that I get to, you know, 
like talk to you and talk to the other performers and things like that. But I think a lot of people who go, they don't get that chance, you know, maybe they'll go to your workshops or they'll go to your concert or they, but they don't get a chance to like really talk to you about like, why are you so passionate about the harp or Manx music or, so I just thought this would be a nice opportunity for people to like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And like, oh, you've got a new album coming out and oh my gosh, I'm going to check your back catalog. And you know what I mean? So if it's, you know, um, not to sound cheesy, but I, I, I think it's the musicians and the artists that are, you know, like kind of like the heart of the, the world in a way. And I think that's what everybody's like looking for right now, especially. Yeah, totally. It's been amazing. I mean, we're going through hard times just now, but I'm amazed at how many people I've managed to kind of connect with. Like in the past couple of weeks, like I joined a heart circle in America. Oh, like neat. Ohio, who've kind of opened it up. And there's like, and it's just really lovely to see friendly faces. I think because I'm kind of missing the fact that I might not get to the US at all this year to do stuff. And that kind of threat has made me kind of seek out people more and want to kind of stay in touch more. You know what I mean with people? And it's, yeah. You know, we play such a kind of solo instrument that we really kind of relish in these opportunities to be together. So, yeah, take advantage of these new kind of online kind of ways of kind of connecting with people. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. But you're right, though. The harp is so, especially the this harp is so much different than like playing the piano or even playing like, you know, like a classical harp, mm. you know, the orchestra. So that it's because you can play in sessions, you can play with other harpists, you can, you know, like you can carry it. <laughs> You don't need like movers to like take you it anywhere. Need a massive car to take it everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I was buying my car, I, I said to the deal, "I'm like, okay, I'll buy the car if I can fit my harp in it." And he was like, "He's like, what?" <laughs> I brought my harp case with me, and they're like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> so, like sold, my harp fits. <laughs> important things, important. Things. I know it's, it's what I was, you know. Um, Oh, I did want to talk to you about your, you had one of your students win um, the BBC Radio Young Folk Award. So that was Mira from the Royal, uh, from the Isle of Man, Mira Royal. So, oh my goodness, that was really quite something. So she was um, told by her, her music teacher, oh, sure, just go in to that for this. And she did, and she got through to the semifinals, and then she got through to the final, which was, we were all so chuffed and so excited for her. It's the first person ever from the Isle of Man to get through to the final. Oh, wow. And it was amazing, actually, because the the um, the the final, well, they had the final a few weeks before, but they didn't announce the winner until the night of the BBC Radio 2 Folk Awards, which was a big gala in Belfast, which unfortunately clashed with the Edinburgh Heart Festival oh. and clashed with an afternoon concert that my Manx students were playing at. So she had to fly off for that, and there was no way I could have gone, because I would have gone oh, as yeah. well. Partly because my fiance's band, Ymar, were also nominated. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, and then I was sitting kind of in the final concert. Well, actually, I kept on running up and down, back down, waiting, because I was listening to it on the laptop, because it was clashing with Chris and Katrina. Chris and Katrina were on stage, won the best duo. So oh, we wow. were able to at the gig that they won. <laughs> so it's kind of running up and down and in between, and then... I found out that she won and there was a delay actually because I was listening on the laptop which had a 10 second delay and my friend was listening on the old wireless and it messaged me. One person who was at the awards messaged saying oh the Max girl won and I <laughs> thought he was having a laugh because he kind of jives me every now and then and then a very good friend of mine from the Isle of Man messaged and I just burst into tears because oh. I was like oh my goodness this is about to happen. And so oh, I was so wow. chuffed. One of the nicest things that night actually was 
that on the same evening there was myself, Karina Hewitt, and Marina Moira Nahahasig were all there. Oh. So I was Mira's teacher, Karina was my teacher, Moira was Karina's teacher. Oh neat. Moira was like my great grand people. <laughs> <laughs>
that I wouldn't be able to kind of show you in the US. So just tune in because it's good. I've been I've been getting really quite excited about this, I have to say. I've been doing lots of thinking over my morning coffee and then kind of getting ideas because I've got the time to do stuff, so I might as well. So yeah, it won't just always be me. That's for sure. I'm going to kind of drag in some recruits um, from various places to Aww. help me out um, to kind of show some stuff and things. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. So be sure you definitely tune in. I think I've got two Manx workshops. One is just space, which I'm very excited about, and um, one on Celtic connections as well, which, yeah, will be epic. Yeah. Oh, sounds like fun. Oh, neat. I can't wait to see what you do. Rachel, where can people find you if they, you know? So um, my website is rachelhair.com. So Rachel is E-L and then it's hair in your head. Um, but I'm also on Facebook and actually um, you can reach out to me on Facebook. So if you look at my music page, it's just Rachel Hair. I think it's Heart Player or Harpist or something like that. Um, but you can reach out to me messaging me there. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter. And the new workshop series, the actual website is Heart at Home. Um, but that really just forwards to my original website. And the workshops will actually be uploaded on YouTube. And then they'll appear on my website and on YouTube at the same time. So, But generally, I mean... I'm not really traveling and stuck on planes, so I'm kind of online every hour of the day. You know, it's possible to get a hold of me every hour of the day right now, unless I'm sleeping. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to chat or reach out to me, please do. Ask me any questions about what I'm going to be doing at Somerset Online or about my own workshops or just, yeah, if you're after any tunes or anything, let me know. Thank you so much for being here with me today. and. No bother. You know, I wish I could have like a virtual cup of coffee with you, but I mean, uh -huh. a real cup of coffee instead of, you know. <laughs> no, as soon as we meet up, because I was kind of, I was like, Kathy, if I have to share a room with somebody, can it please be Maureen this uh -huh. year? Can you go for coffee? <laughs> and you thought, now Ron, my guitarist, was going to be coming to Somerset as well. He was going to come, I think, and play at the concert. And then he actually has friends who live like along the road, bizarrely oh. enough. So oh, wow. And but he is an avid coffee drinker as well, more so than myself. So yes, I was excited. I was really excited for you guys to meet. But hopefully, you will be meeting this. I hope so. Or I'll have to go over there and like meet you guys over there. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the, it's honestly, thank you so much for taking the time out because I know you're so busy with everything that you're doing, and you know, it's just so uh, great to see you and. Thanks you know. for letting me come on. It's really nice to see you and oh, see, yeah, see you and not in real life, but this is just as good. You're just like you're sitting next to me in the sofa. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions podcast. Dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast.